What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, just a little after 8. So you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. If you're on Facebook and YouTube, make sure you follow, make sure you, make sure you like, subscribe, and you can comment throughout the show tonight. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow, make sure you retweet, and hopefully you guys enjoy the show. How are we doing tonight, Lance? Peter and Bill's Mafia, how you doing? I'm uh, pretty good. It's football season. I, I think we could say that now, right? So, yeah. Uh, I'm Christmas pretty stoked, Eve. man. I think this, uh, yeah, it's kind of Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into today's episode, we have a lot to talk about. Hopefully last week you guys enjoyed our interview with Kyrie Elam, the Buffalo Bills starting, most likely starting cornerback. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you guys didn't miss that, you can always go back and rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And if you do prefer the podcast version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. It comes out tomorrow morning, so you don't want to miss that or anything, Buffalo Blitz. But Lance, who are we sponsored by? And then we'll get started. Yeah, so the Buffalo Blitz is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code BLITZ when you sign up to get a deposit match from $10 to $100. And right now, going on, Best Ball Mania 4. Sign up. It's the largest fantasy football contest in the history of fantasy football. Um, I've got two teams in already. $25 entry gets you in there. So go ahead and deposit $13 with the promo code BLITZ when you sign up. You get $13 back. Boom. You get your $26. You use $25 of that to enter Best Ball Mania 4. It'll be the biggest, baddest fantasy football contest you ever done did. What's up, that Chris? English? Yeah, that, that's English. Hi, Nance. <laughs> Hi, Lance's mom. <laughs> Hello. What's up, Robbie? Oh, from Boston. He's in he's in enemy territory right now. Enemy Lance. territory. Buffalo enemy Bobby's territory, out there. Man. If you see any Patriots fans, give them a little shove for us. <laughs> I'm joking. Don't get done violence of Patriots fan, maybe. But yeah, we have a ton to talk about right like and we're not and this is before even getting to some training camp final preview we're gonna get to some bold predictions at the end of the show we'll talk defensive tackles that that battle maybe the edge battle naeem hines injury but we're gonna start with the news that broke late afternoon early evening von miller to the pup lance your first initial reaction to that news I was like, ah, dang, but I knew it was going to happen. So um, I'm just like holding out like he's going to play week one. Come on. And uh, I, I think that's a, still uh, potential. But I think, you know, he's going to sit out for the first uh, at least few, first few days of um, practice there at Fisher. And then well, you know, see from there where he goes. Well, Pup is like it's a, it's a Pup is very weird, right? Like You could put him on Pup won't practice Wednesday. And then he can practice Thursday. Right. Like Pup doesn't doesn't open a roster spot. So it's not like the Bills can bring in another defensive end. They can bring in, obviously they, they can do that with the Naeem Hines injury, and they did with bringing in the tight end, bringing in a running back. Yeah. But you can't do that with guy on Pup. So it doesn't create a roster spot, doesn't do any of that, but it means he's not practicing. So is Jordan Phillips. And who was the third guy? I should have known this. Jordan Phillips. Tyler Medikevich. Tyler Medikevich, which is was the surprising one. But the yeah, couple... I guess I don't know. I thought he was supposed to be at the um, golf outing for Buffalo. And maybe he didn't make it, and I'm not sure kind of what yeah. was going on with him, but I'll have to uh, take a look at that. 
And then obviously Dawson Knox avoided it. That was people were talking on Twitter and Mitch Morse avoided it as well, which is good signs. Uh, John, we're going to pop is four games. If he goes into pop to start the year, right? Lance, I have that right to start yeah. the regular season. So if by week one, we put him on pop, then he misses the first four games. Pop IR, kind of the short season IR, kind of the same thing. Pop right now is not four games. So it's not the end of the world whatsoever, right? Like, yeah. we're still on, what are we, July 25th. Tomorrow's July 26th to start a camp. So he can still participate. Like, John, I just said, he could participate Thursday, participate Friday. They're off Saturday. He can practice Sunday. I don't know if he's going to be. We'll probably find out. I'm assuming someone's asking Sean McDermott tomorrow. He's going to speak <clears> at 9.15 around that time. I'm assuming someone's going to ask him. Obviously, he's going to be asked about Diggs and uh, all that stuff again. But right. it will be asked about Von Miller. But the pup is, at this point, not something we should lose our mind about. Yeah, the pup uh, is if he goes on pup after they have to cut their roster to 53. Yes, that's what it is. And I asked Alice on Twitter so that I could bring this information to everyone tonight to make sure I had it straight. So, um <clears throat> Everything I've learned today about these different lists is that they can come off basically, except for if they go on IR or the NFI list, which Naheem Hines went to the NFI um, non-football injury list, so he's out. But any anybody on the physically unable to perform the PUP list is just simply they cannot participate in practice, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So they can still uh, be around. They're just not able to participate, and they can be taken off the PUP list at any time. Mm-hmm. And- resume practicing following following that uh transaction so uh once the rosters have to be at 53 whenever that is coming up towards the first regular season game and i think the bills will have a later date even because they have a monday night game to start so they may even have um more time than others i'm not sure how that works but that's when the pup means four games if they start week one on the pup that's when it's the first four games and obviously, we'll get into this more and more as we get closer to that date, the cut down line, and obviously as people start cutting. But so yeah, they could put him on inactive. Then yeah, he can hundred percent be in. Like, he could not be on pup, not be on I, all that stuff to start week one, and still not play week one. Right. He would just obviously count towards the roster spot. Like if the Bills go into the season thinking, you know what, week one might be out of reach, but we think he can play week three, right? Like we could force him week two, kind of like um, this is uh, just like a no, exactly hypothetical. Like he's not playing week one. If it was a playoff game, he's playing week two, but it's the Raiders. So that's the problem, though. It's like the Jets week one is kind of like, dude, bit, you've got to come out with easier. the best. You got to come out with your best fifty-three and your best eleven on defense. Yeah, and Von Miller is one hundred percent the best. The best. You know, one of, he's the best one. You know, on your defense, like no, 100%. I, I, I understand everyone's point of like, oh, rest them and and save him for later in the season with the assumption that you know we're going to make the playoffs and all mm-hmm. we need to do is get there and then Vaughn can help us from there. And I totally get that, but we need to beat the Jets, man. Like they're division game, yeah. It's, it's also a statement game. Yeah, it's it's the beginning it's of the season, and and you want to win that game. Now, I don't think they're going to cut their nose off despite their face. And and just play Von Miller regardless. No, they're they're going to be not more cautious. Von Miller is going to be chomping at the bit to get back, and that's my only thing is like how much it, with Von chomping at the bit to get back. How much can they hold him back before they say, "Hey, you're cleared. Like, go ahead and and play." <clears throat> I just don't see in what case and what any what other case 
would a player be completely healthy and be held out of a game? Like, that doesn't make sense. So if he's healthy and he's cleared, which he's saying he's been cleared from his staff, and all he needs to do is be able to trust the knee and cut on it, maybe it's still the team that needs to clear him. I'm not sure how that mm-hmm. all works. But, you know, once he's cleared, then, um, you know, we could see, you know, deep in the preseason, um, even if he's going to play week one, we could take him, see him take a snap or two just to get some time in the preseason. I, I know that's also scary for people to hear, but I mean, I think that he, that's his goal. Those are his goals. I mean, I, from his mouth, not mine. Yeah. But John also to answer your question. Yes. He can be inactive basically. Right. Inactive week one. If we have somebody on the practice squad, squad, like Kingsley Jonathan, we could always bring Kingsley Jonathan, elevate him for week one. And then he takes the spot, the roster spot for that game from Vaughn and Vaughn's inactive. So yeah, that's how yeah, that could work. So like, yeah, Vaughn could, it's the biggest thing. Like if the bills think he's going to, if the bills think he's going to be out for four weeks, then they're not going to put, you put him on IR. It's, it's the logical move. Yeah. But if they think he's back for week one, week two, <clears throat> maybe week three, then you don't put him on IR. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent. So Vaughn Miller on pop along with Tyler Medikavich and Jordan Phillips. And once again, Jordan Phillips is on that injury list, but it could be, it's, I wouldn't lose your mind about who's on pop at this, at this moment, unless it's like, unless you're a fan of a team that, you know, your guys could be out for a while. That's, that's a little different, but yeah, another injury news. And that's where we kind of headlined. Well, injuries steal the headlines is Naeem Hines. So we woke up Monday morning, right? Monday happened yesterday. Yeah, I'm not losing my mind. Happened yesterday, days blend together. Naeem yeah. Hines was ruled out for the season, needing surgery on his knee. It was later found out that he tore his ACL, and it was a non, it was an off-site thing, and it wasn't even during off-site training with his people, with his whoever he trains with off-season. It was he was on a jet ski and he got crushed or ran into by another person on a jet ski, which. If you put it in non-football terms here, like in life terms, which we've had to do a lot with the Bills, this was a, one of the best case scenarios because you getting run ran over by a jet ski, that's a serious, serious incident. So we're lucky that he is more than just his knee injury, up, but obviously he's out for the season. So Lance, I'm going to ask you, what does that do for the Bills running back room? And then we'll get to what that, that does for the special teams aspect. Yeah, I think the... For the running back room, it doesn't change it a ton. Um, I just think that you're already going to be, you know, they didn't use, they didn't give us any information that would tell me we're going to use Hines a ton on offense. They have Cook and Harris. When they're going to turn around and hand the ball off, it's probably going to be Harris most of the time. <clears throat> when they're going to, you know, run some stretches into the outside, I would assume Cook and then, you know, throwing the ball was going to be Cook and then maybe a little bit behind. So maybe, you know, his role in that goes away. The biggest impact um, that he has on the the offense is now maybe taking a guy like Deontay Hardy or something into a bigger special mm-hmm. teams role, which could then diminish his offensive role. So that's where more, more than the running back room, it more impacts the guys who may um, succeed – uh Hines in the special teams area they may now have a little bit more reduced role on offense um because of the returner duties I always go back to uh, Steve Tasker talking about 
it's very hard to play offense at a high clip while you're focused on returner duties as well. So he said, usually when you're the returner, mm-hmm. that caught that, you know, commands so much of your focus that then when you go on to offense, you may still be kind of thinking about the special teams plays or something like that. So your your offensive effectiveness kind of is reduced by by having the returner role. So I don't know if the Bills subscribe to that. I, they seemed to kind of when McKenzie was the returner as well. Um, they did use him in spots, but I think for the most part, um, Naheem Hines in the running back room has very little impact. So when it comes to, I agree with the running back room, right? Like now we, a topic or a talking point throughout training camp, when you look at certain battles on this team was the running back battle, right? You have, obviously you had Jamie, James Cook, you have Damian Harris. They're locked in as the RB1 and the RB2. But then you had a battle for that RB3 spot, Latavius Murray or Naeem Hines. Well, that battle is no more. It is Latavius Murray's job to lose. I know they brought in, I see John in the comment, but they brought in Darrington Evans. He's a former third-round pick from Appalachian State. Titans injuries have been riddled his whole career. He's had some decent uh, PFF numbers. His receiving numbers in 2021 were above average. Uh, so that's the type of thing. The problem is I don't see him really battling. I think he's more of a camp battle uh, body. You could see him on special teams, but Lance, you see the bills in my opinion, only keeping three running backs, right? And then Reggie Gillum being in that fourth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would expect. So if the bills do that, then Darrington Evans is probably not on this roster, but this now you kind of lose a talking point here. You kind of lose a camp battle that we, and there's not a lot of camp battles like for roster spots. It's a, it's a very cut and dry, talented 48 49 spots kind of rosters already locked up obviously there probably one surprise in there there always is that's how the nfl works but when it comes to the running back room nine hines we didn't know what his we kind of talked about a couple weeks ago what he could be potentially in this offense now we won't know and we probably won't see him again as a bills member just because you bill save four four and a half million on the cap next year if they do cut him so that could be it could be with the cap casualty next year when it comes to special teams the kick return role kind of diminished his role and value in special teams and it does across the league but it does open someone's job like lance you said deontay hardy becomes maybe your kick returner and punt returner but it does take away from maybe his potential offensive snaps so that leaves trent sherfield and khalil shakir a little more pressure on them look they could always have micah hyde back there which I don't want to see coming off a neck injury when you want him being safe, playing safety for 17 games in the playoffs. You could also see Lance, and I bet you we see this in camp, Khalil Shakir doing a little kick return, a little punt return. I would guess right now the two probably guys are Shakir and Hardy. I don't know who has an upper leg, but you also have the new kickoff rule, right, where you get the ball at the 25. So no one is ready. Yeah, I agree, Dave. I don't want to see it. I don't know. Anybody yeah. on the Bills wants to see that. That's one of those, I guess, in a game, if it's Hardy and Shakir and we start having issues, you need someone just to catch the ball. I guess that's Micah Hyde. You can do that on kick returns. If you just want to fair catch the ball and get the ball at the 25, you can put Micah Hyde back there. As long as you say you're not going anywhere, fair catch. You can do that on punts as mm-hmm. well. So like, I it think could Shakir be- can handle that, though. I really think that Shakir can handle, um, you know, having the uh, – punt return duties because it could be more of the sure-handed 
fair catch situations just you know get us the best position you can get us you know if you have to kind of if if you have the room yeah. and you can take it go for it but you know if it's not like clear as day in front of you just fair catch or just get on it and get out of bounds and uh let's move on to give josh allen the ball we don't want to risk josh allen we want the ball so, yeah you know supposedly the getting ball. the ball and turning that back over and there's not a, and there's not a lot of elite kick returns and punt returners now besides uh one one of them was nine mine and now he's no sure. longer to be here this year bill's mafia prods is coming in from ocean city maryland appreciate you stopping by all Roy's checked in for the first t- first time tonight at the 17 minute mark. A little late, Roy. No worries. If Hyde has a fair catch <laughs> once again, <laughs> I don't think you had. I don't think you had to um, do that with pissed. I think we. I think we can say that. Yikes. I think. I think we were good with that. And DF Forever's in. What's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, guys. Comment section is open. Drop anything you want. But yeah, nobody wants to see Micah Hyde back there. I personally don't, uh, especially coming off a neck injury. That. Miss he missed the entirety of the season outside a couple outside of two games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on having to watch Micah Hyde back there. But if it comes to that, it comes to that. DF forever thinks Deontay Hardy takes over returns. He's gonna have every chance to win that job. Kick return and punt returns. But like Lance, would you agree with me? It's Shakir versus Hardy, right? Is there anybody else you want to throw in there? There's gonna be someone else returning them. <clears throat> well, I just yeah, Evans is gonna is I mean, another... bringing in Evans, he's gonna at he least might. give it a try, I believe. Um, I think that's the whole point of signing him is having another guy that can play the running back position on offense if they mm-hmm. needed him to for whatever reason. But also um, because, you know, Harris and Murray are more of the bigger backs. They're not necessarily the receiving threats. I think Harris could be okay in the passing game, but he's more of a pass blocker than a pass catcher. And they mm-hmm. have so many other weapons that they could do without a running back in the passing game. But I think just to have a guy with the threat to leak out of the backfield and do some damage, you know, a guy like Evans makes a lot of sense there to keep on the roster. So, yeah, and we'll see if he can say, we'll see if he can stay active um, and make it through camp. John's come, but now Peter, you have said smash that like or share. Oh, that that is true. I have said smash that like or share, but that's what you got to say. Like John said, you got to smash that like. You got to share it. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, retweet, drop a comment, all that fun stuff. As Lance has his nice Bills mug with his Bills polo shirt. Lance, how excited are you for training camp? Super excited. I'm going to go with Shoop. Uh, been uh, on Friday, so really excited to get to camp and just see a guy like Deontay Hardy, see how he moves, and you know. I'm excited for some of these pieces because we, you know, I haven't gotten my eyes on them um, to where I've been paying attention. I'm sure I've seen them play the Bills um, in in the case of like Trent Sherfield, but I haven't seen Hardy play in the NFL live at all. So yeah. I'm interested to see those kind of guys. Um, really interested to see the rookies, um, Osiris Torrance mostly, but um, all, everyone. So Dory I think Williams. that <clears throat> yeah, Dory Williams. I think I saw a picture of him arriving, and I'm like, wow, he looks huge. Um, I like this comment. Yeah, I think that if we need a returner, there's going to be one available. We can go out and kind of have our pick of the litter because everyone's going to want to come to the Bills to play a role that they could find significantly. But I guess I would see what's in house first. See where, um, you know, we have a we have what 13, and I know that obviously not not all these guys can make the team. But I'm just saying we have 
like 13 receivers on the roster. So, yeah. you know, somebody's got to be able to, well, to handle some, you know. Dave brings up a good point. You know who's available right now? Who? Our good old friend Andre Roberts. Oh, there you go. Andre Roberts, a free agent. The Bills want to go down that path. If they see that there's an issue in the kick return and punt return, you can go to a guy that was pretty reliable, I would say, as a punt returner and kick returner for the Buffalo right. Bills. So, yeah. We oh, we, so we have the names we have outside of the ones you know. So, right, Diggs, Davis, Shakir, Hardy, Sherfield, and Shorter. Mm-hmm. Then you have Desmond Patman, mm-hmm. Keyshawn Johnson, Isaiah Coulter, Bryce Thompson, Tyrell Shavers, who I heard people kind of liked, and I'm not sure if he would be yeah. a return type. Marcel Eatman and Jalen Wayne, uh, I think family member people, of Reggie Wayne. like Shavers so. a lot. He's from San Diego State, I believe. So people liked him a lot. Yeah, but we've always talked about Lance, but we kind of, you and I went over that wide receiver battle, like who makes the roster. It's kind of an uphill battle for those guys. Mm-hmm. Very much. We also have Jordan Mims, I think someone said there too. Back, so, yeah. You know, we can always, I don't know if he would ever return. I don't know what kind of a back he is necessarily. But, we're going to throw more people than Deontay Hardy and Shakir at it. Yeah. I'm not saying tomorrow we're going to find out who the main guy is, but as camp goes on, we'll maybe they do we're some. Gonna find out an idea for sure. We'll get somebody will tweet it or someone will give us something. Let's see what else we got in the comment section. If you guys are in the comment section, drop a super hey, chat. Hey, if you guys want. I'm, I'm 37 there, guy. Come on. Let's uh, take it easy on the age jokes here. Andre Roberts is 37. That's crazy. Time flies. 35. 35. He's 35. Andre Roberts, 35. But yeah. Uh, 35. Okay. Uh, let's see. DFE dropped in. I don't think your third wide receiver on or your potential starting halfback returns. I think it's Deontay Hardy's job to lose. Well, there was no halfback that was ever going to return because James Cook and Damian Harris are not going to sniff punt return or kick returns. Deontay Hardy, I would say, probably isn't the favorite to win the third wide receiver battle. I know people have a lot of hopes for him. So we'll see. It, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun kind of carousel for the Bills, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do at the wide receiver three battle. Justin Osborne's coming in. Buffalo should sign Davin Cook to a one-year deal. Nope, I'm not going to keep going with that. Lance, unless you want to talk about Davin Cook for – Don't want to talk about it. Sorry. I don't think that's happening. Sorry, bud. No, I think I think if the Bills wanted Davin Cook, they would have signed Davin Cook. They could have had Davin Cook for weeks. It just doesn't make logical sense. He's a little past his prime. You're taking away snaps from your your second round pick. You brought in Damian Harris for a reason on a really solid deal for the team friendly deal for the Bills. Uh, doesn't really work for me, James Cook, right? And he could have been the Dolphin. He turned down the Dolphins contract like this. It's it, Dalvin Cook's looking for something that the Bills don't have. So yeah. I don't think the I Bills. Mean, if they want to bring in Dalvin Cook over a Latavius Murray, I'll listen to that. But you know, Cook's got to be able to. Um, well, minus you an know, injury, not a back, wood. take a background role, and I just don't see him wanting to do that. He's still, in his mind, going to be um, probably wants to get paid like a starter too. Yeah, that's so. the problem. Look, if if there's an injury, knock on wood, Lance. I better see you knock on wood right now. If there's an injury to a running back, let's hope there's not. Then, then then maybe we can obviously talk about that conversation. But at this moment, where the running back room stands. And I don't think Dalvin Cook fits what the Bills want to do. And like I said, if they wanted Dalvin Cook, they probably could have had Dalvin Cook. He's been on the market for months. And I'm going to go to him and say his asking price is probably just a little bit too much for some of these teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think his role is too much for the CMs as well. I think I don't think that they're going to want to give Dalvin Cook the role he's going to want on a team um, yeah. at the price clip he wants. So it's not like you're looking to um, – 
I don't know. I guess, you know, Adrian Peterson was a much different um, beast, I think. But, you know, maybe uh, Cook's going to start going into that kind of Frank Gore type of trajectory where he's going to start having to sign on. And, you know, he, you know, Cook might need a prove it deal to transition him between where he is now and to another contract. So, you know, he, maybe he's not coming to that realization yet. But for running backs right now, it's tough. We'll see. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Saquon kind of. I'm not going to say folded in this whole thing, but he took that one-year $11 million deal, $2 million in incentives, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's they did enough. They did what they could buy him in, like, here's $2 million bucks up front. Yeah. Here's that right away. Signing bonus, sorry, yeah. Two months. And then, <clears throat> you know, here's some additional incentives. Yeah. And people are like, oh, 900, it's $900,000, dude. Like, I'll take it any day, so. Yeah, yeah it wasn't much more than the franchise tender, but D oh, DF. I knew someone was gonna bring this up. I knew someone had to bring this up, so I got to ask. Ask you didn't have to ask, but you had to ask. They showed Diggs coming to camp. He did not exactly look happy. Is there still going to be a Diggs issue? Look, I'm not gonna look. I I'm gonna go look at the photo right now because we tweeted it on Built in Buffalo. Let's go look at this photo. I'm looking at the photo right now and see if he looked unhappy. He wasn't smiling in the photo, but I'm not gonna read into a, I'm not gonna read into a photo of him carrying his luggage into a college dorm room. Is there an issue? I don't think there's an issue. Are we gonna get more clarity tomorrow when Sean McDermott talks to the media, when Brandon Bean talks to the media, and does Stefan Diggs talk to the media tomorrow? Right. That's the only way we're gonna get clarity is if talks. and when Stefan Diggs talks to the media. I think but, that's ready? gonna be it. And you know what the best thing about this? What's the best? DF Forever and Lance and all Bills fans here. He is at training camp. He's not Chris Jones. He's not Nick Bosa. He's not Josh Jacobs. He's at training camp. He will be on the field tomorrow, Wednesday, when at 9:45 a.m. when practice starts, Stefan Diggs will be on the field. That is all that matters. Not what he looks like in a photo. Not what his Instagram story says, not what he puts on Twitter. He is on the field with Josh Allen. And then we'll go from there if what he says to the media. But he's there. Right, DF? He is there. He showed up. He's not holding out. He's not Josh Jacobs, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones. Those guys aren't showing up to camp. They want a new contract. Obviously, this is different. But they're not there. Diggs is there. Yeah, I see more than Stefan Diggs not looking the happiest to have arrived. And carrying their luggage in, so I think definitely going to take a back seat on, uh, you know, what he looks like in the photo. I mean, you got you're not reading um, into the Daquan photo. Or are you Jones. reading into the photo. I'm not. She got like Daquan Jones kind of mean mugging a little bit in there, and then the um, photo. Yeah. What What if you didn't even know what was happening? Like, you, like are you just just people taking your photo, man? Do you look good 24 seven? I do. Like, I mean, if they're asking me, do you look happy 24 seven? I try to. Don't I? Every Lance, time you see you're me, you're I'm killing right my here. point, Lance. You're killing my point, man. Ah, uh, I don't think we need to talk about Diggs' photo. But look, look, DF, you can come at me tomorrow or next Tuesday if we have a drama thing with Diggs this week. If he says something that we don't like or something, that you can come at me. Balls to the walls there. But at this Adam, point, bro, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose my mind. At this point, if he, I just hope he clears it up tomorrow, right? I hope he says the right. If he speaks tomorrow, I don't know. If, I don't. I have no idea if he's speaking tomorrow. But if he nobody speaks, nobody knows. If he speaks tomorrow, says the right things, 
It's like all that fun stuff. I'm cool with Josh Allen. I'm cool. What do he just has to say? I love the Bills. I'm cool with Josh Allen. I'm cool with Sean McDermott. We handled everything behind scenes. And let's go play football and win a Super Bowl. We good? Uh, he does look really miserable, though. I'm just. Oh, my God, Lance, you're killing me. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but what I just said, would you be okay with Diggs? If, if that was the in the nutshell what he said? Yeah, it's all good. I mean, we're going to find out. So just so everyone – I don't think we went through this yet, but um, so everyone knows what the schedule tomorrow. McDermott speaks at 9.15, and then mm-hmm. they practice at 9.45, and then Brandon Bean at noon will speak to the media. All the players and who's going to speak and when is going to be determined once the media gets there and talks to McDermott at 9.15. So at yes. 9.15, tune, tune in. Um and we got the cover built in Buffalo. We'll have all the we'll live be tweeting tweet. out all the quotes and everything and have all your information on the built in Buffalo. Um I got you. Facebook, YouTube, or Facebook and Twitter accounts. Um also our website's back up and running, so you can mm-hmm. catch some articles there. Um we've got some talented guys getting some articles going. So uh that's built in buffalonews.com. Take a look there. And then also head on over to our Facebook page, click on the little merch shop. Got a couple of sites there. One's T-shirt. One can get some uh, hats and things. So check those out. <clears throat> and again, McDermott 915 is going to be the big thing. That's when we're going to find out kind of where the media availability is going to be. Yeah, if you're, ask, you're asking another question here, man, wouldn't you think big smiles at a camera just to make everyone happy? No. No. Stefan Diggs, he can he can do what he wants. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna tell the guy to smile at the camera. Maybe he didn't know. That, maybe like, I don't know. Do you always want to smile at a camera at nine whatever a.m.? Idea. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for the show, guys. We're not going anywhere, man. We're, we we got until nine. It's not like Lance was signing off there. Yeah, but Diggs not, is not like the guy who's going to uh, he's do not, something to make everyone happy, brother. No, he's not, not Josh Allen. Which he doesn't have to be. That's not what he's paid to do. Okay. He's paid to catch the football and he's paid to score touchdowns. And I don't care if he looks happy at a camera. Really don't. Not a PR guy. Not a PR guy. Josh Allen's a little bit more of that PR guy personality, but that's what quarterbacks kind of have to do. And that's why Aaron Rodgers was ripped so much in Green Bay because he wasn't that type of guy. He was very cold to the media, very rude, all that stuff. Unlike, I guess, uh, Josh Allen was a very fun, loving guy to the media. That's Maybe that's why we love Josh Allen so much. And also because he's an absolute alien and an amazing quarterback. Okay, we're going to keep moving through. DF, don't go anywhere, man. We got until 9 o'clock here. And if you didn't miss this episode, you can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And podcast version tomorrow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Wherever you get your podcast. So we talked about who takes over the kick returning, part return duties, probably a battle between Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir. We talked to Heinz injury. We talked to Von Miller to Pup. Now let's go a little bit more of the battles. We talked about offensive. Uh, we talked about offensive two weeks ago. In the second half of last week's episode, we started talking about the defense after the Kyrie Elam interview. But now we're going to go a little bit more in depth. So we're going to talk about the defensive end battle. Lance, where do you want to start on start on that? 
Yeah, I think we kind of know at the top you have Rousseau and then either Von Miller or Leonard Floyd, whoever um, is healthy at the time, you know, for week one, let's say. Um, so then it's uh, Epinesa, Basham, Lawson, right? Are they going to keep two of those guys, one of those guys? Will they make a trade? That's going to be an interesting thing with the defensive ends where I'm looking at that third and fourth. It's really fourth now that Leonard Floyd's here. Um, and assuming Von Miller is at least counted as the, one of the top three here, even though he's on pup right now. Basham, Epinesa, Lawson. You have practice squad type guys and Kingsley Jonathan, maybe Shane Ray. I'm not, you know, I'll have to see what Shane Ray has left. Mm -hmm. I know he kind of did flash a little bit and uh, what was the CFL or something he was playing in and, you know, gets, gets another chance here. So, um, those guys are practice squad type players. Um, Kingsley Jonathan actually could push a Lawson or bash him out, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see. We'll kind of see what that's the, what we kind of have to see is what that fourth end looks like. Are they going to keep a guy like Epinesa with experience and try to trade a guy like Basham because he has more years left on his contract? Or are they going to try to trade the, the guy with one year left on his contract? Mm -hmm and keep uh, keep Boogie Basham there. Um, Epinesa seems like he's a little bit more effective, but, uh, you know, Basham could take another step here and, and fill that role just as well. So I think the competition more so for the fourth defensive end really allows them to battle it out and give Brandon Bean an indication of who he can keep and who maybe is expendable for, say, like a trade target or something like that. So, like, you have – it's a five-man defensive end battle, right? Like that's a five-man roster spot. Like they keep five, and they've done that over and over again. So they're not going to keep six. Going to put that out there. Obviously, like Lance said, you have you have Rousseau, you have Von Miller, and you have Leonard Floyd. But there's a battle, like Lance just said, between Basham, Epinenza, and Shaq Lawson. I. It's very interesting, right? Because like I've talked about over and over again, right? Like you have ancient AJ Epinenza, who out of those three guys we just mentioned with getting after the quarterback has been the most effective out of Lawson, Basham, and Benetta. Benetta has been the most effective since, in, especially last year. But he's a free agent after this year. Do the Bills have any plans of bringing him back? I don't know. The answer is no. They could look to move him for a day early, hopefully maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick. You're obviously not getting value <laughs> where you took him. You're not getting a second. You're not getting a third. You're getting a day three pick. Where that day three pick would be, I don't know. But then you also have the argument of Boogie Basham. You could trade him with an extra year because he has an extra year in his deal. My When we talked about this about a month and a half ago, a month ago, Lance, my argument for why keeping Basham makes sense and why cutting or trading Shaq Lawson makes the most sense is if, you, if you, you're going into next year, right, with Von Miller and Greg Russo on the defensive line. Leonard Floyd's a free agent, A.J. Epinence is a free agent, and Shaq Lawson's a free agent. That's three out of your six defensive ends um, that are not going to be there next year at this point. Basham will be there. It gives you a little wiggle room where you can have another guy automatically on the roster and not have to worry about bringing in more guys or keeping other guys. You would have, going into next year, Von Miller, Rousseau, and then Basham, and then you probably look to draft a guy. 
probably in the second or third round again. That's what what it kind of seems. But if you do get rid of Basham, you do trade him, then next year you're just going into the season with, or into free agency in the draft with Leonard Floyd and, not Leonard Floyd, sorry, Gregory Rousseau and Von Miller. I'm not trying to look to the future, but that's what GMs do. So if the yeah. Bills are like, well, we need to keep an, as many rosters, as uh, defensive ends on the roster so we can have them for next year and it can make the cap easier so we can not have to go spend more money on defensive ends, then you might have to keep Basham. Look, I think Shaq Lawson has a lot of value on this team. I think he's a very good locker room leader. He's a veteran player, veteran presence. But I don't know if you need to keep him because of that, right? I think you do have Leonard Floyd and you do have Von Miller. And if you go to the D-Tack room, you have a Daquan Jones. You have uh, a Puna Ford who's a veteran or more than less a veteran. And you have Ed Oliver who's been here for years. I don't think we need that as much as people think we do. Shaq Lawson was very good against the run. That's his strength. So you can make an argument for all three. My thing is I don't think Shaq Lawson makes this roster. I think A.J. Abinette is so hard to trade with the impact he can have. He had six and a half sacks last year. I think we mm-hmm. kind of forget about that, right? I think another six and a half sack season would be great behind Floyd Rousseau and Von Miller. I think that would be an incredible year for the fourth defensive end on your team. And I think Basham still has value. I don't think they're going to give up on him yet. So I think Shaq's probably the odd man out, but it's going to be a very intriguing battle to watch. Yeah, like I said, especially with the potential for Kingsley Jonathan to take a step, Shaq Lawson's the expendable one there. In that, the most, he makes the most money. <clears throat> I think that it's, you know, we brought him back like last year. He, you know, DF's in there saying Lawson on his last year. Yeah, he is one year yeah. deal. He was one year last year, then brought him back another one year this, you know, late this summer. And so what I like uh, this comment from Roy that I pulled up here, um, it doesn't hamper Epinesa's chance to perform. I like the way he worded this. It actually enhances Epinesa's chances to perform because he's going to be across from Leonard Floyd probably. And that makes it easier. Floyd's not going to, you know, they do a rotation where Floyd might get some, you know, stints in where, you know, he and Vaughn split time, let's say, if they need to, to keep Vaughn healthy in the early season. But otherwise, you could see a lot of times what they'll do is they'll put Vaughn and Rousseau out there, and then the next series they'll put um, Epinesa and Floyd. So you could have those, you know, and if you're rushing out, you know, on the opposite side of Leonard Floyd versus on the opposite side of Boogie Basham or Shaq Lawson, you're going to be more successful because they're going to have to shade more to Floyd and they're not going to be able to pay as much attention to an Epinesa. And he's already having six and a half sacks being kind of that main focus, you know, on the second unit in their rotation. So I think it enhances uh, Epinesa's chances to have success next year. And also something or this season, I, sorry. out of the six defensive ends that we're talking about here, minus Kingsley Jonathan, who you can get on the practice squad, in my opinion. But if they really liked, which he will be a practice squad player. I don't think there's a roster spot for Kingsley Jonathan right now. Even though as much as we talked about him, Lance, and I know you love him, and I think the Bills do too, There's not. I don't think there's a roster spot for him at the moment. But Shaq Lawson is the one guy out of the six guys, obviously, out of the, but Shaq Lawson out of those three guys we've mentioned that are in that battle for the final two spots. I, I would throw Jonathan in there, but I'm going to give him the worst chance. Shaq Lawson, you, you can maybe, I'm going to put maybe next to it, get him on the practice squad. 
You cannot get, I don't think you can get AJ Benenza on the practice squad. You can't get Boogie Basham on the practice squad. No. You can maybe get Shaq Lawson because he was available. And the only reason I get that is because he was available really late in the free agency. He got a really small contract. Unless there's a lot of injuries at that position across the league, you can maybe get him on the practice squad. You cannot mm-hmm. get Boogie Basham. You cannot not get AJ Benenza. And I'm not even going to mention the other three guys. So, right, if, but if like, they were able to, you trade... cut AJ Benenza. He's not getting back six and a half sacks. Guy is not getting on a practice squad. Right. If you're able to trade a Boogie Basham for something, um, fifth round pick, fourth round pick, it uh, scares, but it does scare me. Then you, if Kingsley Jonathan does step up, and you can put him in place, you know now you have at least a younger guy who can come in and fill reps for Basham um, and be signed. You know if if they can, if he can show that he's worth. Um, keeping on the roster in season, you can then sign him for cheaper than you were going to re-sign Basham anyway, potentially. And that's another uh, form of cap savings that Brandon Mean can do. So that <clears throat> that's interesting to try to think. We have to think long-term to understand where this we do of end battle kind of positions. But if you're thinking of just this year, I, I certainly assume AJ Evanes will be part of it. And then whomever else they choose should be based on performance, I'm assuming. And but like, I would put Kingsley Jonathan right up there, you know, to have a chance with those guys because Basham just hasn't been that good. No, yeah. Now there's versatility from all these guys where they can kind of slide into, especially Basham and, and Jonathan. Jonathan yeah, they can yeah. kind of squeeze inside at times and provide that more of a pass rusher um, kind of uh, versatile defensive tackle position where you're not trying to load up against the run. Obviously, we love. Uh, Daquan Jones and Puna Ford in there on running plays, but if you're looking for you know the best forward to pass rush, you obviously could get that done with Ed Oliver and either uh, Basham or Jonathan. Are you giving up on Boogie Basham? Are you done with the Boogie Basham? I'm not giving up on him, but I just don't. I'm not gonna until he shows something. I'm not really looking out for him. Like I'm more gonna be looking at. Like Kingsley Jonathan's the end I'm going to be looking at outside of the top three and AJ Epinesa. But those are the two I'm focused on. I'm not really necessarily going to be focused on Basham. I'm going to be more interested to see. That's my bias because I'm, uh, you know, Syracuse area native and I'm going to root for the Syracuse Orange guys. That's obviously uh, admittedly a bias of mine that I'll just look at the Syracuse guy first. I should know this. When Reggie Gilm. Gilliam on the roster. Is he listed as a tight end on the roster or running? No, it should be a fullback. So he doesn't. So we can only. So DF's bringing up a good point in here with three running backs on the roster because you're not going to have Taiwan Jones this year. That opens up another roster spot, correct? It does, absolutely. So DF, that could be for a defensive end. That could be for a D tackle. And let's get into that D tackle conversation. But also, they only carried two tight ends at some point. So. Are they going to carry three tight ends now? Is that going to? Yeah, yeah. Because it was a lot of times just Knox and Morris uh, as our tight ends. It was with just Gilliam. and then Tommy Sweeney was on the practice squad. Right. So uh, they weren't carrying three. So that's kind of the three tight ends. If they carry those, that kind of eats up that roster spot yeah, a little so, bit as well. Yeah, but I mean, they can they can do a, a lot of point. different things. It's a great yeah. point because you could use it in so many different avenues, right? Like you could use it for the tight end, like Lance said. You could have Quentin Morris as your third tight end who. Had a touchdown last year, was pretty versatile last year when he played. He wasn't awful, but you could have it at the D tackle position. You can keep more D tackles. 
more edge, more corners, another safety, uh, more alignment. You always need more alignment if you don't want to cut. Like if 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 you want to keep Questenberry and Shell, which I think you can do anyway. Uh, but you know, what I mean, I'm just throwing out random players at this point. So you could do that. You want to keep another receiver? Yeah. You think Tyrell Shavers is worse? Offensive line is easier, easily a place with all the versatility they have there where they can add, you know, keep one less offensive lineman on the 53 and put one on the practice squad, let's say, and still elevate that guy on game day if they want, but just to get that other guy. Or they can they can still elevate these guys on game day from the practice squad and, and activate them. So they can have Kingsley Jonathan from the practice squad be active and be that kind of sixth uh, defensive end. Shane Wright, Matt, coming in part of the Built Buffalo Network. Shane Wright. Oh, stroking out on us when he's taping. Bors. Bors. Shane Ray being a dark horse. Look, Shane Ray's a cool story. Former first-round pick, battled injuries. Uh, first-round pick out of Missouri. Uh, was the first-round pick for the Denver Broncos. It's cool story. It's a could be a cool topic. It's going to be tough for him to make the roster, right? Like, he's behind Kingsley Jonathan, in my opinion. And that's the seventh defensive end right there. Right, that's the seventh defensive end. We're not even talking about Shane Ray in this battle for five. So, look, there's always a surprise. Last year, O.J. Howard was cut. The year before, wasn't Jacob Hollister cut? Wasn't yeah. he a bill? Like, that was a surprise. Maybe it's freaking tight ends we just got to cut that we think are better than they are. Maybe that's what Brandon Bean likes to do. Sign like a veteran tight end and then cut him. Make, send the statement. No, nah, I'm joking. But So you never know. It could be that. I don't know. I just don't think Shane Ray really has a spot in this roster. Lance, do you, do you agree or disagree? I don't really think I know enough about Shane Ray to make a judgment, but I'm going to say he's not cut out for this roster. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't, it's not even I know enough about Shane Ray. I'm just looking <clears> at the numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're a numbers guy. I am. Look at the numbers. His, numbers don't say Shane his, Ray uh, making this roster. Yeah. That's what the numbers The numbers are not saying jo- Kingsley Jonathan's making this roster. So it's not an easy battle to make any spots on this roster if you're coming in from behind. That's kind of where I kind of sit. So let's move to the defensive tackle battle because that is, and I put phrase that, what defensive tackle is on the chopping block? We have, you have Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Puna Ford, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips. Look, could they keep five defensive tackles? 100%. If they go to four, Lance, what are you looking for at this this battle here? I would assume they go for, um, and then they just have you know Jordan Phillips being hurt just throws a wrench in this again. You know you don't know what his you know situation is going to look like. You have Oliver Jones and Puna Ford at the top three settles healthy, so he right now looks at four, and then I mean Elianku played fairly well wasn't bad uh, but definitely you know more of a practice squad guy with the rest of these guys the big guy that i want to see is dj dale and see what he has to maybe push um phillips or settle for that number four role um one side or undrafted rookie out of alabama people's you know thought he was more of a highly sought after undrafted free agent and uh the bills got him so let's see what DJ Dale has to offer to this defensive line. I think 
you know, it's it's hard. I think people kind of like because these guys are such nice guys with Phillips and Settle, you know, watching their interviews last season when they came back about, you know, when Phillips came back and things like that. And Settle had the big interview, you know, with his daughter and and screaming as a woo in the camera during the interview. So mm -hmm. um, they're likable guys, you know, and so I love the fact that no matter who who wins that job, we're going to have a guy, a stud guy there at that position so i'm not necessarily sure what whether they're going to do five or four i would assume they do four and then mm -hmm. uh you know whomever uh between settle and phillips can't produce or can't remain healthy they'll obviously be on the chopping block but either way i think you have five really good defensive tackles with a with a rookie coming in to be yeah. decent so that gives you six guys to kind of pick four from um or if you're going to throw in Ilyanku, that's seven guys to pick five from, maybe. So the good thing about the DJ Dale is that you can get him on your practice squad easily, right? So that's the great thing about DJ Dale. Like we can talk about him making the roster. I would be shocked. So I would be shocked I mean, if, if he, he plays roster. well though early no, 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 100%. on. hundred percent. And I'm just then saying, I think someone would want to take a chance on him rather than who, who they may have true. on their roster. I still think he's probably the practice squad guy, which is not a bad thing. We've mm -hmm. seen those got players come in. Kingsley Jonathan in the past. Brandon Bryan, who just signed with the Giants, was effective when he had to come in. Eli Anku off the practice squad has been yeah. effective for the Bills. Another guy Lance mentioned, right? Like Justin Zimmer in the past, right? Yeah, Before Justin he Zimmer. had that one big play, I think, against uh, was it the Patriots or yeah, when he punched the ball out against Cam Newton. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah, that yeah. was him. Or did he recover it? I'm not sure which, but yeah, he was on Somebody that play. Him. I think Somebody he forced the fumble. Yeah. yeah, I think he forced so, the fumble yeah. during the uh the COVID year, the AFC championship year. Yeah. So yeah. I still think it's four rate. Like you brought in Poodle form a lock at Oliver, a lock, Daquan Jones, a lock. So there's once again at the defensive line, there's a three man lock room. I think it's Jordan Phillips is, I think Jordan Phillips is on the chopping block. Lloyd Collins said in the comments, can't stay healthy. Once again, on the pup, he has not been able to stay healthy and it stinks because when he's played, he's been effective. He just can't play. I think Tim settle, might give you a little more versatility. I think Tim Sutter has a little more, I guess, pop in him and a little more, I guess, still room to grow as a player. Still very young. Still wasn't a full-time contributor in Washington. Last year was really up and down. Had some very good moments and had some moments where he looked lost. I think if Tim Settle has a very good camp, I think he's on the roster. I think I would be. I think it's Jordan Phillips is probably the guy on the chopper block. I'm excited to see what DJ Dale does. Eli Anku's always been solid when he's been on the field for the Bills. But I think it's Tim Settle, probably that four kind of guy. Uh, John's coming in. I like DJ Dale. What if the Giants grab him? The good thing about that, though, the people on the Giants staff don't know who, well, they know who DJ Dale is, but have no experience with DJ Dale. That's a good thing. They have experience with Isaiah Hodgins. They had experience with uh, not even Jameson Crowder, but uh, Cole Beasley, obviously. And they just brought in Brandon Bryant yesterday. So, yeah, DJ Dale at least is someone that everyone on the Giants staff and Shane and Dable, they don't know. Well, they know who he is. They don't personally know. So yeah. they won't steal him. Hopefully. They haven't coached him before. Now, cool. I, I will say Dable has strong lines with Alabama, obviously. So um, that is know, true. He's going to look for those kind of guys. But what the I think, you know, um, I think DJ Dale is definitely a candidate for the practice squad and, and could get there. But like I said, he was. A little bit of a sought-after guy, I think, as a UDFA. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I think my biggest thing with the defensive tackle position is don't be surprised if 
they do keep five for one. And then if they do, don't be surprised if DJ Dale is one of those and Jordan Phillips or Tim Settle isn't one of those. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I just haven't seen Jordan Phillips stay healthy, and it stinks because, like Lance, you said a couple minutes ago, he's a great personality. He loves Buffalo. Uh, he was obviously good with Buffalo before he went to Arizona. Struggled, got paid in Arizona, so credit to him for getting paid. Take that money, hundred percent. And probably good the Bills did not give him that contract. Um, right. Probably good because he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But they invested two, in a two-year deal with Tim Settle, so maybe Tim Settle's that guy. The good thing is, Lance, when we're talking about this. The top three defensive tackles on this Bills roster are really good. Absolutely. Daquan Jones was an absolute uh, mammoth of a player last year, and you saw what what big of a loss he was when he wasn't in the game in the playoff game in Cincinnati. And Oliver is finally going to have someone next to him. And I think Lance, you and I have repeated this about a million times this offseason on the show. Ed Oliver, as soon as they brought in Puna Ford. Ed Oliver is finally going to have someone next to him at all times that is a run stuffer, that's a big eater, so he can go do his thing. He's never had that in his career. He didn't have that last year. His Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips were very up-and-down season last year. He's going to have that with Daquan Jones, and he's going to have that with Puna Ford. So it's going to be awesome. The Bills defense, the Bills defensive line has been the, is the best it has been under Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Top to and bottom. actually, another thought, too, though, when you look mm-hmm. at who's on the chopping block, if Phillips can stay healthy, he's obviously the favorite to stay because he fills more of the at Oliver he does. kind of pass exactly. rushing role. Exactly. Whereas Tim Settle, Tim Settle is kind of like a bowling ball, you he's know. More and, and he does um, his stature kind of, um, you know, his stature kind of suggests he's more of a run stuffer. Although he does uh, get after the passer decently for a for a big man, but he's just yeah. not. You know, Ed Oliver is more of that speed rusher inside because he's, you know, lighter and, and things like that. So Phillips is closest to that um, that they have. And they're going to, you know, DJ Dale is more of a run stuffer. So he's more of another backup on the Puna Ford and uh, Daquan Jones side of things. So it, I, you know, lends itself. They're going to want a guy that's going to be able to rotate with Ed Oliver. And that's supposed to be Phillips. Yeah. It's to the Bills. The one thing the Bills have to ask themselves, and yes, as he as he's right, Puna and Daquan are both one techs, uh, which is good because Ed Oliver was playing a lot of one tech in his past, and he's not a one tech. Is he kind of not schooled me something? He kind of educated me on in a good way. He kind of taught me the one tech versus the three tech kind of defensive defensive tackle battle or position group, which I wasn't uh, too familiar with before. So yeah. Puna and Daquan are one techs, and obviously Ed Oliver was playing a lot of one tech in, the, in his beginning of his career with the Bills, and that's just not who he is, and that's not what he is as a player. But yeah, you're right, Lance. Like Jordan Phillips fits the roster more. He fits the defensive tackle more. The problem is, do the Bills want to get stuck in a place if they cut Tim Settle where Jordan Phillips goes down with an injury, and then you're kind of stuck? That's why I think ultimately it's the five-man Rotation you think it's five just to give yourself a little more flexibility yeah. just in case. Potentially, yeah, I think they they could definitely go that route. It, it it's an interesting conversation. This is something that the Bills are gonna obviously have to monitor over the coming weeks. But Jordan Phillips already a step behind. He's already a step behind. He's on pop to start the year. So look, if Tim Settle goes and grabs this right away and shows he can be a productive defensive tackle, and John's right, he's only twenty six. 
The Bills invested two years in him. I think the Bills want him to win this job. That's what just my hunch is. Let's see if it's a hunch. But Jordan Phillips does fit more that role. And as you say, three tech penetrating pocket smash. Well, that's an interesting statement. Is he one? I'm not going to read. Is he? <laughs> thank you, Izzy, for trying yeah. to get me in trouble here. But yeah, three tech is more of that pass rusher defensive tackle, the Ed Oliver of the world. And the one tech is more of that kind of bowl and balls run stuffer in Daquan Jones. And. Uh, and a little bit of Tim Settle and obviously Puna Puna Ford. So Lance, we're gonna end the show here with our final bold prediction. One bold training camp prediction. Training camp starts tomorrow. Sean McDermott speaks at nine fifteen. Practice at nine forty five. Lance, we're obviously gonna be breaking down training camp next Tuesday. But one bold prediction heading into camp. For the outcome of training camp going into what, the season, whatever you want, just give me whatever a prediction. I want. Whatever you All want, right. you can say the turkey burger isn't good this year. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, Osiris Torrance wins the starting right guard job. Osiris Torrance wins the right guard job. Over and yes, DF it. and DF forever. You're right. The dead cap on Tim settles around four or five million. So that also takes into effect why they might not want to do it. You said Osiris Torrance wins the right guard job. Mm-hmm. Dorian Williams wins. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Dorian yeah. Williams wins the middle linebacker job, solidifies himself as the starting middle linebacker for the Buffalo Bills, and week one against the Jets, middle linebacker is Dorian Williams. So that would mean two rookies on each side of the ball starting, and I'm assuming Don Kincaid would be a major factor. That'd be three rookies starting on the Buffalo Bills with Kincaid, Dwayne Williams and Osiris Torrance. I'm clipping that for the sh- promo tomorrow. That's the promo tomorrow, Lance. You and Rowan. me, you with Osiris Torrance and me with, obviously, Dorian Williams. It was a fun show, dude. Bill's Ma- if anybody have any predictions, let's see what we got. DF Forever, drop your predictions. Drop what you guys think. Balen Specter wins starting linebacker spot is my ball. That's bold. That is Ooh, bold. That's bold, baby. That is bold, Bill's Mafia. Prods. Because that would mean to win it over Dorian Williams, Tyrell Dotson, uh, Terrell Bernard, AJ Klein. Yeah, I'd but, say Dotson before Klein. I'm just I, I think just Klein's going to make the roster. I just do with the linebackers. My monopoly money on Bernard is on Bernard at middle linebacker. Okay, okay. I'd be very interesting if Terrell Bernard was the starting middle linebacker week one against the Jets. Another guy I don't think not a lot of people are watching either. It's no. going to be uh, Cam Dantzler. Uh, Cam oh. Dantzler's got signed as a cornerback. He did. Uh, and Alec o- Alex Austin, obviously, is uh, the seventh-round pick. Those two guys will be interesting to kind of see. Yeah. Um, do they push uh, Saran Neal out of the picture and those kind of things being on the rookie deals? So The one, the one thing, and I've, we've talked about this before and other people have talked about, this roster is really solidified, right? Like There's like 48, 49 roster spots that are kind of locked up. Obviously, there's a couple offensive linemen spots towards the end of the offensive line uh, roster spot that are not locked up. We talked about the D-tackle, the edge, maybe a wide receiver spot is up for grabs, uh, the cornerback position maybe, and then obviously the linebacker position. Oh, DF Forever's dropping hot. More struggles out of the gate, and Bates wins the center position. Wow. You wanted hot. We got hot. 
Matt's yeah. coming in, coming saying David Edwards is a starting right guard. David Edwards is going to throw his name in there. I still think it's Osiris Torrance's job to lose with Connor McGovern. But, yeah, David Edwards is going to be 100% a factor. Dan Sewer's back up to Tyron Johnson, is he? I mean, is he's asking you, Lance? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, he could be. Absolutely. Um, I think that he's a little bit of an unknown to people, but he's younger and, you know, see what he could do. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Lance, before we get out of here, appreciate everyone that was in the comment section. If you're on Facebook and YouTube, we really appreciate it. If you missed this episode, you can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Podcast version comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Lance, tell me who we sponsored by and tell everyone where to find it. Yeah, the Buffalo Blitz is presented by Underdog Fantasy. You can find it at underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app in the Google Play Store or Apple App, app Store. That's easy to say. Uh, Underdog Fantasy promo code BLITZ gets your first deposit matched up to $100. And Best Ball Mania 4 going on right now, 25 buck entries. I got two entries in already. And uh, 12-man draft, 12-team uh, draft. Uh, with the normal roster for fantasy and its best ball format. So the largest fantasy football contest in history. And yeah, guys, that's going to do it for us tomorrow. If you missed it earlier, Lance said he gave the schedule for tomorrow. Training camp starts tomorrow. Sean McDermott speaks at 9.15. Practice starts at 9.45. Brandon Bean is at noon. And then we'll find out tomorrow when the players speak and who speaks for the players. But everything starts tomorrow, Wednesday. Training camp begins next Tuesday. We are back. No more training camp previews. No more that. We're breaking down the first week of training camp. We'll give you guys a reaction, our thoughts. Lance will be there on Friday, so go say hi to him. Make sure you guys go say say what's up to him. He'll he'll give us a little more inside scoop for Tuesday. He'll tell us what he saw with his own eyes instead of us watching clips and reading. But we'll break it all down for you guys next Tuesday. And if you want clips of certain things, hit me up on at Lance Nelson BIB on Twitter and uh, let me know what you want to see. I can grab clips of or pictures of certain guys if you like them and get you all the information and content that you want. Yeah, and that's going to do it for us on the Built on Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, Twitter network. And if you're on audio version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening on the audio version, we'll see you guys all next Tuesday. Go Bills. Go Bills.